happy birthday, Sir City Church. Everyone in the chat, man, just shout out happy birthday to one another. But before I get going, I really got to brag on your pastors a bit. Pastor Andrew and Chantel, are they not the greatest lead pastors ever? I mean, seriously, Pastor Andrew came and preached for C3 Toronto not long ago. And, uh, and the whole time he's preaching, just in our studio, uh, we, haven't, we haven't done church live in 10 months. And Pastor Andrew's preaching, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, man, the anointing is just dripping from your bishop. It was ridiculous. I'm sitting there weeping like, ah, you know, like whatever. And I'm, I'm just looking over at Pastor Chantel going like, is this normal? Like, does this happen? Like, every week and she's like yeah I don't know and she's even sitting there just going like what's going on there's like a hurricane in the house or something and I, that, I ask him after he's done preaching I'm like Pastor Andrew like that message was incredible what was that is that something that you've been working on for like 10 years or something is that something that God's been and and he's like oh man you know I just woke up woke up this morning with a burden on my heart and God just dropped it on me I'm like what hang on, hang on. I'm like wait one second just Roll that back a little bit. You're telling me that you woke up this morning and God dropped that word on you in a moment and then you delivered it like that? I'm like, I quit. I handed in my resignation that day. And then, you, no, that's not true. But, uh, but then, you know, you get up here today and you can sing like that. It's just not fair. God's goodness is not fair on your senior pastors. Come on, just shout out your senior pastors in the chat. Why don't you write one comment on the fourth birthday, just something you absolutely love about Pastor Andrew and Pastor Chantel. Why don't you just write that in the chat, just brag on them, and then someone needs to take some screenshots and text that to them a little later. It would just be some awesome love for your pastors. Come on. But I got a sense like, man, this is a transition moment in the church right now. I got a sense like going from the first four years into the next season and then the ordination of these leaders that's happening today and you need to dial into that service, check in the service tonight. But just hearing, man, what's going on and, and the commissioning of these leaders and 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 just such an empower. Don't you love being a part of an empowering house? Don't you love being a part of a disciple-making local church that rises people up from the inside and you might right now be sitting where you're sitting thinking man I don't know what I have to offer you might be visiting you might not have even visited visited this church in person yet uh, you've just been dial coming in online and you might be thinking man I don't feel like I've got much to offer but I'm telling you if you put your hands uh, if you put your life into the hands of the incredible leadership of this house I mean sky's the limit Absolutely, God's promises will come over your life. And if you apply yourself and lend yourself into the life groups, into the, into the uh, ministries that this house has, you will grow year after year, year after year. You will grow and become weapons, weapons for God. Just like Patricia. Oh my goodness. What the heck? Somebody shout out how amazing Patricia is leading us in worship like that. And she is one of the people that are getting commissioned today, right? Oh my goodness, I couldn't, 
I couldn't agree with this decision more. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna turn my eyes away from the camera just a second here because I just feel that God God wants to speak to you, Patricia, that you have been praying and believing uh, for things that I believe that have been waiting on this commission. And you are the word I got in the spirit was fierce. That's the word. When I was when I was just admiring you as a worship leader and then just knowing that you were getting commissioned today I said Lord what's your word for this woman today and he said fierce fierce that that there is something about you that is ground taking ground taking uh, in your life and you are never to apologize for it People will try and make you feel like that you are a little too fierce, that your tact needs to be dialed in, reined in, but do not ever rein in the person that God has called you to be. This is the platform under your pastors that has set you up in order for you to be able to take ground in people's lives. And I'll say to anyone watching, if you are someone out there and you're like, man, I wish I had a mentor. I wish I had someone that I could put my life under that is going to help me move forward in my life. I'm telling you, Patricia, under the leadership of Pastor Andrew and Chantel, that would be some of the greatest alignment that you could do and ground would be taken in your life. Somebody give God some praise. Amen. Come on. I'm just going to open up my stuff here. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Let's get into it. Why don't you open your Bible? Thank you, guys, gents up here. Mercy over here on the keys. Just literally, he's wearing a mercy hat. I don't know his name. Um, but uh, Wow. Talk about spirit fingers. Amen, amen, amen. Listen, I want you to turn to the Word of God in John, the Gospel of John and chapter 11 on the fourth birthday. And, uh, you know, if, you're, if you can get there quick, if you're not watching on your phone, I want you to take a photo of your TV or a photo of your screen. And you should, you should be Instagramming today. You should be shouting out the church and celebrating. I love that you had, a, you had a share break. I might steal that idea. That's such a great idea. John chapter 11, one of my favorite passages of Scripture in all of the Bible, is a story about this man named Lazarus that is getting risen from the dead and the story is a story of faith and the title of today's message is it's a setup it's a setup so the first four years of the journey of serve city church is a setup the last season that you've gone through in 2020 and in your life was a setup and i want to talk to you about how jesus set the scene in john chapter 11 so let's read it john chapter 11 verse 1 says now a man named lazarus a man sets up the problem a man named lazarus was sick he was from bethany the village of mary and and uh her sister martha okay and then it says this is the same Mary, this is the same Mary that later anoints Jesus with oil. And, uh, and so we just see that, that later in a story, Mary anoints Jesus with oil. And we see and get insight into the fact that she is an incredible, I mean, this is one of the most ultimate worshipers in the Bible. One of the girls that just has God's own heart. I mean, this is a girl that loves Jesus deeply. I mean, she is like an A plus Christian. 
Do we have any A-plus Christians out there? I mean, you just went through seven days of prayer and fasting. You did that seven days. Like, you literally nailed it. This is like Mary uh, in the story. And isn't it interesting that her brother uh, is now faced with death, and then by the time Jesus gets to the tomb, becomes dead. Isn't it interesting in the, in the complexities of life when, good th- when bad things happen to good people? And I know, and it's like, you know, you just think about that, and you're like, COVID, hello, when bad things, bad circumstances happen to good people and you're a good person and you're a believing person and sometimes the complexities of life come in our world and sometimes bad things happen to good people. And we shouldn't look at our circumstances as a measurement of how much God loves us. Don't, if you're going through something right now, don't you be questioning the love of God on your life. It's not Je- Jesus loved Mary and Martha. So, so the sister sent word to Jesus, the one you love is sick. And so Jesus loves you. Jesus' love is complete for you. Jesus loves you. He loves you when you're before the trial. He loves you when you're at the top of the mountain. He loves you when you're in the valley. He loves you. He loves you before you were born. He loves you in last year and He will love you through this year. Your circumstances don't dictate the love of God over your life. But I will tell you, the love of God will dramatically dictate uh, the condition of your circumstances. I'm telling you. So Jesus loves Martha and Mary, and when he heard this, Jesus said, the sickness, so he gives the promise. And God has a word for your life. You've got to listen, and that's what we did through prayer and fasting for seven days, is God speaks to us, Jesus, this sickness, and he gives the promise, will not end in death. This sickness will not end in death. And then, no, for the, it will happen for the glory, somebody say glory, glory, for the glory of God, so that God's Son may be glorified. Somebody say glorified, glorified through it. So he gave the purpose for the problem. It happened for the glory of God. And so now Jesus loved Martha and her sister so stinking much. And Lazarus. Jesus loved them so much. So when he heard the news, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, what did he do? He jumped on a donkey. He slapped that thing and he rode as fast as he possibly could to where Lazarus was and just made the miracle happen in an instant. How many people know that's not the story? Okay, so what did he do? He loved them so much. He stayed where he was two more days. Wow, Jesus, I mean, that doesn't feel like love. Like, I thought you loved me, but I'm still waiting for my spouse to come, and I've been believing for marriage for like 15 years, and it still hasn't happened. Is that anybody that's watching here today? I I thought you loved me, Jesus, but my financial situation hasn't turned around. I've been believing to get out of debt and to pay these bills, and I've been believing for you, and I've been tithing faithfully. I've been the Mary of this story. I've been doing the thing, applying the Scripture. I've been believing in a way, but but wait, you're going to just sit there? You're just going to stay for like two more days? Isn't it interesting how patient God can be? And isn't it interesting that in our circumstances, when we hit rock bottom, how not threatened by our circumstance God actually is. God God is not bothered by how bad things get in our world. And He doesn't want you to be either. Amen. Amen. So He stays, but it's a setup. Somebody write that in the chat. It's a setup. It's a setup. 
And so later we read after this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. He continues to be faithful with delivering the promise. His disciples replied, Lord, well, if he sleeps, you know, he'll get better. It's all good. Jesus had been speaking of his death, though. Oh, okay, sweet. Okay, so he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I mean, think about the audacity of our Lord and Savior Jesus. For your sake, I was glad that I wasn't there, that you're in this situation. I was glad so that you may believe, but let us go see him. You know, Jesus is doing something for your sake, for your sake right now. On arrival, Jesus found Lazarus had already been in the tomb for what's the number of days that Lazarus had been in the tomb? Four. Happy fourth birthday. Happy fourth birthday, Serve City Church. You know, there's some, there's Lazarus is in the tomb waiting for the Word of God. And when the Word of God collides with Lazarus being in the tomb for four days, then something happens at the end of this story. He comes out leaping and praising God. And I'm telling you, there is some God-glorifying miracles that have been waiting dormant in the first four years of Surf City Church that when they collide with the Word of God that's coming in the midst right now that you've been praying for for the last seven days, that you've been believing for for the last four years, I'm telling you right now there is an unlocking in the spirit that there has been something that has been patiently waiting in the tomb for four days for four years and right now in the name of Jesus growth is getting unlocked prosperity is getting unlocked over this house new leaders are getting unlocked over this house and I'm telling you we're turning a page so city church that some of the things that you know that you feel entitled to that you're believing for in this house some of the things that have been waiting and dormant. I'm telling you, the Word of God is going to come and disrupt the situation. And then what's going to come forth from that place is going to be something so beautiful that we're just about to walk into. Does somebody believe it? Does somebody believe it? Four days. Four days. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming. So we see a whole bunch of dialogue that happens through this story. I don't have the time right now to preach it all, but I'll point out some facts when it comes to belief. Because our belief matters. And Jesus is saying, I did this for your sake that you might believe. And I'm telling you that your faith is rising right now on the other side of this screen. Your faith is rising right now for your own personal situation and for the life of this church. Faith matters. Come on, faith matters. And so when Martha heard that Jesus was coming... She went out and to meet him and Mary stayed home. And, and Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, she's annoyed, she's offended, she's upset. Lord, if you'd been here, man, I'm so bothered. If you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Could that be someone in your circumstance? You're like, man, God, if you were there when I was going through that, then I wouldn't be here. Do you know God was there when you were going through that? I just want to tell you that faith and offense, they don't work together. Sometimes we have to just deal with that offense and we have to say, no, 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 God didn't put us here. Life put us here. You know, there are circumstances that are going around in our life. There are things that you've hit through COVID, but I'm telling you, do not get upset or offended at God. Make sure that you deal, deal with that and position your faith once again. The enemy wants to get you so offended by God that you get so bitter and resentful towards your heavenly father that you stop believing for the things of the future. And that matters because you need to be believing in faith for this church. Amen. 
So she was upset. But I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, well, your brother will rise again. Third time he delivers the promise. Martha answered, well, I know. She gives him some theology. I know, this is verse 24, that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. You know what? That's true, kind of. But let's not be so presumptuous as to what God's going to do in our life. Like it's not, up to, it's not up to us to draw the conclusions around why we're in the situation. Have you ever felt, have you ever seen at times where people kind of attach theology that sounds right, something Christian that sounds right to a dire situation, to some side of situation in order for a coping? I get it. You know, sometimes it's a coping mechanism. It's like, I don't understand why I have walked, in, why I have walked into so many weddings and I've seen so many other people get married around me. But I don't understand why I'm here. Well, maybe. And then so we start to attach some sort of theology to it to make sense of it because it perplexes us. Like, you know, I haven't got my house yet. I've been believing for this thing. And so we start to say, you know, well, it's hard for a camel to get through the eye of a needle. I can't take my house into heaven. So like, you know, I've got to hold off on that stuff. You know, I've got to be content in Jesus. No, no, no. I'm telling you to believe for that home. I'm telling you to believe God wants good things for your life as a good, loving, heavenly Father. Don't be presumptuous to know what God is doing. He doesn't require that of you. He requires you to believe. Somebody simply say, believe. Come on. All right. So Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Woman, (laughs) I am, this is verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. So he delivers his identity into her faith. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever, believe, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she replied, yes. After this, okay. So later on, verse 32, Mary, Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him. And she fell at his feet and said the exact same thing that her sister Martha said. Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. You know what offense does? Just to circle back to that. Sometimes we've got to be careful about the people we talk to. Because offense comes in agreement. And it's very clear that Martha and Mary, they were speaking behind closed doors and they were concluding and diagnosing the situation. They both got a little upset about Jesus. And I just want to tell you that when you speak to people, make sure that you don't take on someone else's offense. And then when, a good way to protect the house, a good way to protect your life, a good way to protect just all of Christianity is that if some bitterness is coming out of someone's mouth, you don't have to like tell them off, but you just put your arm around them and you just say, listen, I'm believing for you. God's good. This church is good. This house is good. If you hear offense, if you hear the dialogue of offense, you can just, you can shut it down in a nice way. Amen. That's just a little side helpful tip for somebody. Okay. So when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews, verse 33, coming, this is a lot of scripture, but how many people love the word of God in the house of God? All right. So when Jesus saw it, the Jews were coming along with her also weeping and deeply moved, deeply moved, that, that word there, my NIV version sanitizes what it actually means. Deeply moved actually means Jesus was so upset that he was growling and snorting like an animal. When you really look into the meaning of the word, that, it, that it's a snarling. He was so troubled. And then, and then it says, in his spirit, and he was troubled. And another version says he was angry. He wasn't angry at them. He was angry at the enemy's work in their lives. I'll get back to that. Where have you laid him? And then come and see, they replied, and Jesus wept. So Jesus is seeing the scene going on, and our compassionate Lord and Savior Jesus shares in the grief. 
When the Jews said, well, see how he loved him. And some of them said, man. And then, so they're making conclusions again. And, the, and some of them looked at him in verse 37 and said, man, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept him from dying? And so faith is kind of getting worn out here. And we're thinking, man, maybe God was good back in the day. But now that COVID's here, now that life circumstances have hit my life, now that all this stuff's going on, could not have he who have done these miracles that we've heard about in the past, could not have he have done those in my life? And then we start to draw conclusions that maybe God's a little done. That maybe God's not doing the things that, or maybe, maybe this one's a little bit beyond. And we would never say this out loud because obviously we believe that everything, that God is more powerful than everything. But sometimes just in the reality of our posture, of the way we walk through life, we actually, by our lives, can confess a different faith than what we actually know in theology. So I just want to tell you, you've been set up. Oh, no, I just seriously just nearly deleted my notes just now. All right. Thanks for your patience. All right. He stayed where he was. Okay, so number one, have faith. In the delay. Number one, have faith in the delay. Okay, so it's a setup. So Jesus stayed where he was two more days. Jesus stayed where he was two more days. And I know that I've already preached this a little bit, but I want, I want you to just write something in the chat. Something that has happened in your life that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for COVID. Something good that has happened in your life. I mean, because we can complain about COVID so much, but there are so many good things that have happened in my life and in our church's life as a result of COVID. Let me point one out. What about this online audience that's happening through Serve City right now? I mean, the way the camera is reaching so many more people, this church is going to go back to church in the room right now, but this church is going to have, uh, is going to have live services and be able to, uh, online services and the reach online and what's going on. I mean, we were all forced and pushed into this through COVID, but it's resulted in some great God-glorifying results, right? There are people that have been connected to Serve City that wouldn't otherwise be connected to this house if it wasn't for COVID. I mean, we're not thanking God for for a pandemic, but we're thanking God for what He can do through a pandemic. And so, you know, even in our house, we've done some stuff like through Love Toronto and serving and, and serving opportunities, and that stuff would not have happened. We never had that in the foresight of our vision as a, as a church until COVID hit, until we were sent for a pivot, until we didn't know what the heck was going on, and then God delivers some vision. And you know what? God has gotten some glory this year that I don't know that He would have gotten that glory if COVID never existed in the first place. Somebody say, it is a setup. Is a setup. And so he stayed where, the, where he was two more days. Jesus doesn't move on anything except for what the Father's will is. So even if we pray and we pray our agenda and our ideas into a situation, sometimes Jesus might stay because he's waiting for the will of the Father. And so we get into a position where we need to seek God and seek His will. And then when we pray His will, He moves. And I just want to encourage you that God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And so God's ways are higher than your ways. 
So when you find yourself in a situation or believing for 2021, I want to encourage you to seek the thoughts of the Father because I guarantee what He is dreaming over 2021 for your life is greater than what you're dreaming for 2021 over your life. I know that the ways that He has to move in this church and to move in your life are greater than what you have previously thought up until this point. I know 100% that God's will is greater than the agenda and what you're thinking about your own life. The question is, is are you praying for Him to move on your behalf or you're praying for Him to move on His behalf over your life? Come on, come on. So it's a setup. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16 and 17 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though we're outwardly wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. You just did this in seven days of prayer and fasting. Seven days of prayer and fasting would have hurt some people. I mean, I like a good burger. And when we give up those burgers, they are light and momentary troubles that are producing for us a weightier glory. And so you might find that, what do I do in the delay? What do I do right now? God, God is in delay on my life and I'm believing for things and I'm, and I'm trying to see His will outwork in my life. But I'm telling you, He's setting you up for a capacity shift. He, your capacity is growing. Your capacity at the beginning of those seven days was less than what it was at the end of the seven days. In Ephesians, it says that we grow by our spirit on the, on the inner man. And so every time you and I hit a trial, every time you and I, and you're in a trial right now, if you're in a trial right now, you need to understand that your capacity has the potential to grow. This is going to encourage you because I want to tell you that you today are not where you used to be. When you look back onto some things in the past, you can say, man, God got me through that. He's going to get me through this. I remember when Jess and I first moved to Canada, we lived in a basement apartment that was filled with free furniture. That's, that's all we could afford at the time. There's this thing in Calgary. We lived in Calgary. Anyone been there? Um, nope. You're not missing anything. All right. Come on. We live in Toronto. It's the promised land. So, so. So where we, there's this thing in, in Calgary called Free Cycle where, you, where it's just a good exchange program where you could get some free stuff. And so we filled our apartment with free furniture and then we were staying. Uh, we were living in this apartment. Every time it snowed outside, the apartment would flood. We were on pretty low salaries and we, uh, we were trying to make ends meet or whatever. We drove a GMC safari van that uh, had, I don't know, I don't even know if the meter of how many kilometers that van had driven, I don't know if it went as high, like, like it just ran out of numbers. And uh, there was the windshield, uh, liquid stuff didn't work. The radiator was broken off. Every time, every time dirt from the road would flick up, I'd have to pull over and get a chunk of snow and like wipe the window down with the snow. It had like carpet seats. It stunk. It was wet. Our apartment always flooded. And, uh, you know, we were doing what we could do, okay? But we were believing God. And, and so, you know, I remember also, like, with the, with the radiator broken off the front of the van, like, you couldn't stop it in traffic. You had to keep going, otherwise it would overheat. And, uh, and so, you know, I remember this one time, there was a whole bunch of cars and red lights and everything, no, nowhere to go. Uh, I had to, like, mount, mount up on this, the side curb and kind of drive around cars. And, you know, I thought I was going to get arrested. Like, it was horrible. All right. But I want to tell you, like I look back on those times and I see God had got us through. 
I want to see that our capacity grew. And the way I would complain in those moments, I know now that if, if, if I knew then what I know now, I know I would never complain. I would approach God with faith. Any parents watching today, any, you, your kids are capacity growers for your life. Like I, I know sometimes Jess and I, we will go on a date night and, and like, you know, our, our kids, like we love them, um, but man, they stretch you. Any, anyone relate? Like, and you don't realize until you do something without your kids. And when you get out of the car on date night or something like that, you just stand there for like three minutes thinking, shouldn't I be like carrying something or like have something pulling on my clothes? Or shouldn't I be like unfolding? Like, because what you normally do is you unfold the stroller and you do the thing and the seatbelts and everything. And, you know, like you, you actually realize and you look at like single people or you look at someone that doesn't have kids yet. And you're like, man, don't complain about anything. Like, you know, like kids are capacity growers. There was one time our kids tired us out so much that we had them in the, in the, in the back seat, which is just so great. It's where they're all restrained, like legally. And, and, and so we're driving on the highway and I just remember how tired Jess and I were. They all fell asleep and Jess and I just look at each other and we're like, man, we need a nap. So we pulled off the highway into a go bus parking lot, parked our car and we just napped as well. Like you got to do what you got to do. But I'm telling you, you aren't where you used to be. You aren't where you used to be. God fills capacity. And if you're, if you're filled up with a whole bunch of doubt, God can't pour out His blessing into that. God is growing you. It's a setup. He's doing something in your life right now. And I want to encourage you to consider a different perspective over what you're going through because you will one day look back on this season and you will glorify God. You will thank God. You will praise God because He's taken you somewhere where He wants you and he needs, he needs a little room to pour His blessing in. My Bible says, my God will supply all our needs according to your, His riches in glory. And God's got a lot of riches in glory, but sometimes He's got no container to put it into. And so right now, He's doing some stretching. He's doing some growing. He's doing some capacity shifting so the container of your life can be enlarged to a point that God can pour out, press down, shake it together and running over. He can't do that yet because it will all run out. Your capacity is growing. Come on, somebody say it's a setup. Now you're thanking God that He's setting you up because you're looking down into the future and you're understanding that He's getting ready to pour something great out in your life. And God is setting up this church. The capacity of leadership is growing and being commissioned tonight. The capacity of this house is growing and you're moving through things and going through challenges and trials that when you come out the end of that blessing, that you'll be able to pour that blessing back out into the house. The capacity of this house is enlarging. The room that I'm looking at right now is soon not going to be big enough because the capacity needs to grow for all the blessing and all the pro and everything that God wants to do and pour out in this house. Amen. I just want to tell you that God has heard your prayer request. Come on, God has heard your prayer request and He is preparing you right now for the promise. Amen. Number two, have faith in God's love. So, okay, you're like, Sam, I... I, I agree. I love this. I recognize that I'm going through something. I recognize that there's a trial right now. And I recognize that God is growing me, that I'm facing this trial with joy and I'm embracing it. And I get it. But I got to tell you right now, like my heart is hurting. My soul is hurting and I'm grieving right now. I'm going, I'm in the middle of something. So you got to give me in your preach today, you got to give me something that's going to help me in the middle. Yeah. Well, okay. I want to tell you to have faith in how much God loves you. 
Uh, we have a little baby girl, Ayla. She's 10 months old. She's as old as COVID has existed. COVID restrictions has ex existed in Toronto. Like she was born on March 12th and we got shut down on March 13th. And I'm telling you that God is, that's one way that God has just blessed us so much in this season is to see, see that come out. But she crawls over. She does like this army crawl. She leaves her belly on the ground. It's just how she does it. She comes over and, and, and she knows us. And so she, she pulls on my pant leg or she, she doesn't have any problem approaching us. And then I pick her up and it's like beautiful. And then she lays one big sloppy open mouth kiss on her daddy. She knows how much daddy loves her. So she approaches me with, bold, with boldness. And there is now Ayla thinks my baby girl, because she's lived pretty much in COVID restrictions, my baby girl thinks that there is only like 15 people that exist on the planet total. And so like, because we haven't had like, you know, we can't have visitors or anything. And so when a stranger comes over, she just stares at them. She just stops and she's like freaked out, does not go. And I want to tell you that sometimes Christians don't understand the level that God's love has, the level of love that God has for them. And they end up praying their prayers before God in some kind of staring, like, uh, like I don't know what to expect right now. I'm unfamiliar with the God of heaven, but I want to tell you, your Father in heaven loves you so much that you ought to approach His throne room so boldly that He is getting ready to be with you and to stand with you through your trial. That Mary, Martha, all these people, I love this story, but I love how they sent word for Jesus. Jesus didn't need to go where they were. How do we know that? The centurion for Matthew, he just says, send your word. You don't need to come where, the sick, where my sick servant is. You just send your word and they'll be healed. So Jesus didn't need to go to Lazarus's tomb. So why did he go to Lazarus's tomb? Because he loved them. Why would Je Jesus doesn't need to stand with you in this trial? Why does he do it then? Because he could just snap his fingers and it would all be over. Why does he do it? Because he loves you. Jesus didn't need to cry. Why did Jesus weep? Why was he so distressed? Why was he so angry? He wasn't angry that Lazarus was dead because he just said three times that he was about to have a latte with him later. Like, like Jesus knew Lazarus was coming out of the tomb. He did not need to cry about that. He was crying, sharing in, in the grief and the situation of the world around. Your Lord and Savior Jesus is so beautifully meek and compassionate that He feels what you feel. He knows what you go through. He faced every trial that you will face. And you need to understand this revelation about Jesus is that He will be in your situation as your advocate and your fighter and He is fighting for you and with you right now. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 29 says this, Come to me, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and humble. Humble means meek. It means compassionate. It means he's with you in the mud. He is with you in the midst and you will find rest for your soul. That word humble means there is nothing beneath Jesus. You might think my situation seems pitiful. Unbelieving God for, you know, you might think it's something small. You compare it to someone else. You're like, I look over at this person and this, this family's got hit with COVID or this massive situation. And then I look at my life and I, and, and I think, man, I, I'm just believing for like a few. No, no, no. There is nothing beneath Jesus. And the reason that he's snarling is because the thief has a plan too. 
The, the thief has a plan. The enemy, there is a devil that exists that does not want you to fulfill your purpose. There is a devil, Patricia, that exists that does not want you to step into this role. And there is spiritual assignments against you that when you step, I'm not, I mean, man, that's not a hopeful message. No, I'm telling you that there is an enemy, a thief that's coming to steal, kill and destroy. And Jesus is growling at the tomb and snarling like an animal. He's not doing it because he's, because he's worried whether Lazarus has come forth. He is snarling at Satan, understanding that there is a spirit of death that he needs to conquer. And he hates, he hates what death tries to do over people's lives. He hates what the thief is trying to do over the people in Toronto. He hates the, the agenda of death and how it tries to get in your world. It tries to make you anxious through COVID. It tries to make you depressed through COVID. And the spirit of death tries to come over your household and break up marriages and break up families and tries to get you thinking suicidal thoughts and Jesus looks at that thing and you think man I'm standing in this all alone no you're not standing in this all alone Jesus is looking at death and he's going let me at it he's like he's like just give me a chance and I'm gonna I'm gonna take Satan out I'm gonna take the devil out I'm gonna take that thing out that's going on in your life I'm your intercessor. I'm your advocate. I know what you're going through. I went through every temptation when I walked through the wilderness. I went through every fight that you're going through. And I'm telling you, there is only one that stands victorious and it's me. I am the resurrection. I am the life. You might be looking into the next season of this church and thinking, man, I don't know how to believe anymore. Some things have gone dead in my life. Some things have gone dead in my circumstances. But Jesus is behind you and He's growling at the enemy and He's saying, get behind me, Satan. Your agenda does not come to pass right now because I am the resurrection and the life. Somebody in the chat needs to give God some praise. Come on. There is nothing beneath Jesus. He is in your situation. He is in your circumstance. And you need to understand that Jesus is the highest intercessor. And He is weeping as you weep. He is carrying the burdens as you carry the burdens. He's not threatened by the circumstances, but He understands the reality of your world. And He is with you and I feel the anointing right now shifting some people's hearts that felt trapped in the spirit of bondage, felt trapped because the enemy was starting to take a grip over somebody's life. And we can't go into the next four years season Serve City Church without dealing with some of these things and without seeing Jesus move in a great way. Can I get mercy back up on the keys? I'm going to learn your name straight after the service. Come on. So number three, don't, you got to stay hungry. Don't lose heart. I read this out. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, therefore, we don't lose heart. I want to tell you, whatever it is that you're going through, do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Jesus is with you. He is for you. He is moving on your behalf in such a big way. Don't lose heart, my friend. Believe. Believe. we got to stay hungry. Could not have he who opened up the eyes of the blind have kept our friend from dying? Man, I lost my heart. Could not have he, where is he now? What's going on? I'm telling you, he's here. When, they, when the Jews said that, it would be like, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. He's been dead for four days. Chances are he's his body is starting to smell and the situation has just gotten ugly. And they're like, could not have he 
who have done these miracles in the past. What happened here? My hope is deferred. My heart is sick. And I don't know how to keep believing, Sam. I don't know how to keep encouraged. Well, I want to tell you that that hope remained in that situation. The only way that hope would have been lost with all those people standing around the tomb of Lazarus, if Jesus himself was dead. And I want to tell you that we serve a mighty God. We don't serve a statue. We don't serve a cross necklace. We serve the resurrection. We serve a Savior that died on a cross, went into a tomb, but that wasn't the end of the story. We serve Jesus who rose up out of the tomb, seated at the right hand of the Father, seated on the throne, and He is very much alive. I don't mean to insult your intelligence by saying that, but I think sometimes the way we react to circumstances in life shows us that we sometimes forget the fact that Jesus is very much alive. Sometimes we see the bill and we respond. We call a friend and complain. We're upset. I get it. Sometimes we forget that our Savior is very much alive. He is what Romans says, the source of hope. And Jesus is so alive in your life. He's so alive in this church. He's so alive through your life groups and in this circumstance. And He's so alive for your future. And so don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Lean in again. Get hungry again. I know that we thought that the three-week flatten the curve thing, it would be over and COVID would be gone by now. I know, I get it. What's going on? What's happening in the delay? I mean, it is a setup. It is a setup. God is doing something so great and so mighty on your behalf. The Holy Spirit is ministering to you right now. And He's telling you, I am the resurrection. I am the life. And don't lose heart for these light and momentary troubles are producing for you a far weightier glory. A far weightier glory. And you will praise God and you will dance and you will just picture yourself months from now, years from now, reflecting back over this season with high praise. That's what it means to live a life with Jesus. That's what it means to live a life with God. It means we're never living without hope. So if you're watching this today, and maybe you've tuned in to this for the very first time, you've been seeing the praise party in the chat, you're hearing the preach, and you're listening to the worship, and you're like, man, I believe that this is missing in my life. I need Jesus in my life. And if you've never made a decision to invite Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior, it is the single most important decision that you will ever make. And I'm going to invite you with my community of friends here 
to make that decision today. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. It's a prayer of faith. And I'm going to ask you to repeat that prayer. And when you do, you're not going to be praying that prayer into your camera. You're not going to be praying that prayer into that screen. You're going to be praying that prayer into the very throne room of heaven to a God that loves you, that wants to be with you, and that never wants you to live a single day without Him in your life. So if you've never made that decision, in a moment, we're going to pray that prayer. Or maybe once you've made that decision, but for any number of reasons, you've walked away from God and you just want to recommit your life to God. And I too am going to invite you to pray the same prayer with us. You want to recommit your life to God. You know your life isn't where it should be. And it doesn't matter what the reasons are right now. Jesus wants to forgive you of your past, wants to redeem your sin, and wants to make sure that He is real and and Lord in your life once again. So if you're one of those people, listen, what you should do is you should fill out a connection card. You should reach out to the church or you should just even drop it in the chat. Hey, I'm one of the people praying that prayer today, whatever it is, because you're not meant to do this alone. But for now, just repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I thank you that you died on a cross for me. Forgive me of my sin. Make me new right now and help me follow you as my Lord and my Saviour from this moment on. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, that is awesome. I believe that there is a party thrown for you in heaven right now for making that decision. Listen, happy birthday, Sir City Church. It is seriously such a great honour for Jess and I to be here and for me to have an opportunity to minister the Word of God right now. And I just want to thank you for your time and attention, for shutting different things out and turning on that device to make sure that you could tune in today. But let me just pray for you here at the end because you're in a setup right now. God is doing something in your life and He is not done. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for each and every person that's watching right now. I thank You that faith is rising in the house. I thank You, Jesus, that You're moving mighty on behalf of this church and on behalf of every individual. Lord God, I declare right now that the things that have laid dormant in the first four years of Serve City Church, Lord God, that they are getting ready to get resurrected in the real today. Lord God, I thank You right now, Lord God, that You're blessing, that You're moving, Lord, that You you fill and You give us everything, Lord God, that we need. I thank You that You supply all our needs according to Your riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And I thank You right now, capacity is growing. Lord God, I thank You, Jesus, that faith is growing right now. And we are running forward, not losing heart, believing victoriously for You are the resurrection and the life. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, pastors.